Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hey, it's Dan with Casual Author here again with another episode. It is Tuesday, September 6th, 2022 as I record this, and this is episode 44 of the podcast. Today we have the opportunity of chatting with Jana Miller about being open to the critique process with an editor or beta readers and whatnot. So Jana is actually my editor, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So really excited to have her on the show. I think it's a conversation that you will really, really enjoy. As far as the updates go, Ascended is one week out, which I cannot believe. I feel like I've been working on that book for so long, and then you get to that final period before publish, and it's like, all of this work. I swear I've been working on this for so long, but suddenly when you look at it all together, preparing to publish, it doesn't seem like that much. But it is one week out, so you can get it on pre-order on Amazon, the ebook for $2.99 for one more week. I will be setting the ebooks to 99 cents for Awakened and Transformed in preparation. So um, that should be going out later this afternoon. If you haven't seen that already, check out this afternoon. You'll see the lower price for the ebooks. So grab those, read them, get ahead of the published date for Ascended next week. Pretty excited about that. The feeling of completing a series is just amazing. Like this, this combination of sadness because you're going to miss the characters in the story, but also sadness satisfaction because you finally reach that resolution. I know there's a lot of things that are left open in the end of the second book. Some of you may be thinking, I just want to know what happens. Well, finally, you'll be able to know. So that being said, I have tried to ramp up getting back into writing, which admittedly, it's been a little bit tricky, which is funny because I'm not actually doing anything on Ascended right now. It is completely ready. I've uploaded the files and everything, but I still feel like I just can't let go of the story to jump into something else. I'm one of those people when it comes to writing that can't write multiple things at once. And it's probably because I'm a pantser. I don't have plans for these books. So it's not as easy to just set it aside and pick up something new because I just have to, you know, complete, continue with the story. Even with Sunfire, I didn't really work on Sunfire until Transformed was done, published and ready to go. And then I jumped into Sunfire. And this was a little bit of a break from the series before. I got into Ascended. So it was probably a good break. Uh, Anyway, I'm really excited to get that out there. But getting back into writing has proven difficult. I do write, it's been somewhere between 500 and 1000 words a day. So very slow moving. But until I can really get out of that published phase for Ascended, then I'm still going to have a little bit of an issue trying to get into a new story. But still really enjoying it trying to overcome some of the self-doubt as an author (laughs) that what I'm writing isn't total crap. I think it's pretty good. I've gotten great feedback, but still, when you haven't had a lot of people read your books, it is just very challenging to continue writing thinking, oh, this is, it's definitely worth my time because I love the creative process and I love learning these stories. But 
you know, it comes down to, is it worth spending so much money on these books? But at least they're assets that are out and I can continue marketing them and, and selling them for all eternity. So that's positive. But that's where I am with the author business, just trying to get that out of the gate. And then I'll continually, I'll write another book. I feel like I should always be writing. And then I will at least work on the um, AI generated audiobooks right off the bat for the next couple weeks, trying to get those up, sold on my site directly and or um, you can buy them on Google and other platforms. You just can't buy it on Amazon. Um, and then I, I am still considering recording my own audiobook. So we'll, we'll see if I actually give that a try. I'm unsure if people will be interested in listening to my voice read my books, slash I'm not sure I can keep all of the character voices straight. Because for some reason, I've chosen to have a big cast of characters. I know I'm not the only one that does that, but I'm not a trained audiobook professional. So we'll see what I decide. In terms of Homestead updates, uh, honestly, things are still just kind of continuing. It's been really hot. We have a heat wave this week. So it's a little bit tricky because the meat chickens have reached a few weeks old. They've got their little their uh, feathers are, are coming out so they can handle the being outside of the um, shop that we have the, the barn. But um, it's just a little too hot. They can't handle the heat as well as they can handle the a little bit cooler weather. So because it's so hot, we have to keep them in for another week and they smell if you if you've ever had meat chickens the thing is they grow so rapidly they're super efficient at converting their food into meat but at the expense of lots of and lots of manure right so there's it's it just smells awful and we add bedding very regularly every day and that makes the smell go away for about half a day but then of course it's they poop some more so it's a little bit tricky with those meat chickens where where we'll be putting them outside is we have a really long stretch of electric fencing and we'll move them every single day so they'll be on a patch obviously they'll mess it up they'll scratch it they'll eat all the plants down and then we'll move it so they're on a completely fresh piece of ground now that works great because then we if we move them every day they always have fresh ground they're not dealing with the smell and because it's obviously outside the smell's not bad either for us or our neighbors who aren't even close so it's a pretty good setup unfortunately we can't put them out this week so we're having to deal with them being in the shop a little bit longer so that's not great other than that the plants are finally producing we've been harvesting beans lots and lots of purple and green beans which is exciting um i feel like the beans took a long time to come on but now they're here we're starting to get lots of tomatoes um and and my wife likes to do a lot of canning so she will um take those and make like tomato sauce spaghetti sauce those types of things we'll just have diced tomatoes and that helps us save on cost right uh, because then we don't have to buy a lot of canned foods for during the winter and whatnot so preserving those is great um we're not getting as many squash as we hoped which is a little bit unfortunate but it is what it is you can't really plan on uh, what will grow the potatoes are doing great i talked about that last week and we're seeing those um, get pretty big so that's great it's just awesome to be able to grow your own food and uh, it's just encouraging because they are it is a lot of work there's a lot of weeding a lot of (laughs) planting and, and growing seedlings and whatnot but seeing the fruit of your labors is always very satisfying we hope to expand our homestead a little bit more next week next year rather um we want to put in some fruit trees as well and then just probably double the size of our garden. So it's very ambitious, but that is uh, in the plan for next year. But obviously the season is slowing down. We'll have a frost here in the next 
month and a half, two months, which is pretty early, but that's what we get for living in Idaho. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it in terms of updates on the homestead. So we'll go ahead and shift over to the interview portion of the podcast. Jana Miller is a self-employed editor for The Writer's Assistant and has also published an independent book herself. Jana Miller is an independently employed editor for The Writer's Assistant. She has also self-published her own book, Springback. Hey, Jana, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great having a good day so far. I'm really excited to have a conversation with you. Um for one, because you, you've edited some of my work, which mm-hmm. does make me a little nervous to actually have a conversation with someone who's <laughs> who's critiqued my work. But that's a good thing, because I think we can have a really in-depth conversation about the reality of the critique process, which right. I think is important for, yeah, for everybody. My whole life. <laughs> it is your whole life. So I'd love to talk about that. How long have you been um, editing and helping authors and writing? Because I know you write as well. Yeah. So I haven't done a lot of writing, but I actually, my first job helping people write was in college. Um, So I don't even know how long ago, 20 years ago, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was actually a writing tutor. So people would come into the writing Mm -hmm. lab with their papers for English, mostly. Sometimes they would be for other classes. I had a guy that was always bringing in his biology stuff. And I'd be like, I don't know what this is really talking about, but I can help you. (laughs) But mostly we would have them read it out loud to us and we would, you know, talk about it and see how they could fix it. And I just loved doing that. And I wanted to do something like that, but I didn't, I didn't plan on working outside the home. I had my first, um, my first kid not too long after that, right before I graduated college. Mm. So I was, I stayed home and I started helping my sister write. Um, I was kind of like her collaboration partner okay. um, for her first book. She started it in the early 2000s and it took her like seven years to write it because she was doing her mom stuff. We, we mm. were both kids and, you know, she would take long breaks from it and then remember that it was a thing and go back to it and which is kind of how I write too. <laughs> um but so I I was kind of I collaborated with her a lot on that and we back and forth bounced off ideas and we sort of together learned what the process of writing a book was like. And I really liked that that was a big part of my background because I saw from that that the book that she ended up publishing was nothing like the book she started out writing really yeah and it just yeah it changed the tone of it changed that everything the plan she didn't even really have a plan to start with actually she just started writing (laughs) so (laughs) that was fun you know she didn't have neither of us had any like classes on actual writing or you know like you go to workshops and things like that and you Mm -hmm. you know that you know you learn structure and things like that and I've been to some since then and I've been like that's what it is. That's a that's a good word for that that I sort of instinctively knew <laughs> and figured out. But so that's I think that that is a big part of what helped me love editing so much is we would talk about it together and figure out what's missing here. Like, why isn't this working? And kind of figure it out. And she would try something and we'd see if it would work. So a lot of trial and error. So I'm I think it helped me be really open to the to the whole critique and revision process. 
So, and so I'm really curious to know, as a result of working with her and critiquing her work, is that what kind of was the springboard into your writing as well? Or were you kind of also writing during the same period and working with her from a critique perspective? Yeah, no, it was completely her, like her experience and write in writing and doing that. Um, she, she had written and published, um, four or five books before I started my editing business, um, and started editing for people other than her. And, um, around the same time was when I started my one book that I've published. Um, so yeah, doing that with her, that was a huge part of what was like, kind of showed me I could do that. You know, that's fun. I could, I could write too, but I also knew that editing and helping someone else do it was like more of a passion for me. Sure. Sure. By the way, I have read Jana's book. It's called Springback. You should read it. We won't do a book review right now, but definitely would recommend it. Uh, so th- this is fascinating to me for a couple of reasons. One, I don't, as you know, I don't really plan my books. I'm uh-huh. just a pantser, a discovery writer. So that does yeah. the whole critique process comes hugely into play particularly with someone who doesn't plan. Now, I I know it always comes into play with people who plot because critique and development and learning in all the different aspects of editing is so important. But I'd love to understand a couple things from you. First, why do you have such a passion for helping people in this way? And particularly, I think you've mentioned you really like to help independent authors. And I'd, I'd love to understand a little bit more about why. I think a big part of it is that a lot of authors, especially when they start out, is that they have no idea what a big part editing and revising mm. can play. Um, a lot of first-time authors seem to think that they're once their first draft is finished, they are just about ready to publish. Mm. When in reality, they are months away. They yeah. should be months <laughs> away. They should take that time. Um, I've had, I've had people seem really shocked, you know, when I tell, you know, they tell me when they want to publish and I go, well, actually mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'll have it for a couple weeks and I'll give it back to you. And you'll probably have it for a couple weeks, maybe more depending, you know, if I did a developmental edit for them. And, um, sometimes I actually, when I first started, I would feel like I had to apologize when I sent it to him and be like, I'm sorry. I know. I'm so sorry. I know that you probably like it how it is, but this is what I think about it. But mm-hmm. the more I've done it, the more I I feel like people really appreciate it. And so, yeah, I just feel like a lot of people don't realize that it's it can be hugely beneficial and, I mean, really necessary. It's the difference between a pretty good book and a great book or sometimes a not good book to a good book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's that's the tricky thing. Um, and it, it does kind of a or how do I say this enhances that stigma that independently published books aren't as good as traditionally published books and I think that's because there are some authors who may cut corners or may who may think oh you know this isn't that bad or I think it sounds really good without getting that external feedback now and then there's people like me who are opposite I I finished the first draft of awakened and I sat on it for like a year and a half I was like I don't know what to do with this like I finished this and I know it's not I need I know it needs editing, but I have no idea how to do this. I knew I needed to hire an editor, but I didn't even know how to find an editor. So 
it, yeah. it, you know, people like you who are like, yeah, this is, you know, not only are you very knowledgeable and very skilled with what you do, but you aid the author in understanding, here's why I'm expecting, why these changes might enhance it. Here's why I think this, right. just food for thought, because it helps the author recognize, oh, this editing process is a huge part of making my great story the best it can be. Um which is just so important, but right. the, the process itself is tricky, <laughs> right? Yeah, very. <laughs> so I'd love to talk a little bit about that from your perspective as the editor. What are some things that authors need to consider as a part of the critique process to make sure that it is successful for everybody? They, first of all, they need to be ready to give it some time. Mm hmm. Um, to not, you know, like I was saying, first draft, second draft, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this thing. Um, for me, my first draft, I thought it was pretty good, you know, and then I I gave it to a friend to read who really has a good eye for those things. And, um, you know, she kind of has an editor brain and she got back to me and said, you know, this isn't, you know, quite what you think that it is. And it ended up that what I had written was more of like a character study. It was kind mm. of like I was I was um, exploring what my book was going to be about and what, you know, it's about a girl who can rewind time. So a lot of it was just, she was figuring it out with this other kid that, you know, she found out could do it as well. And they were, they would experiment and things like that. So that was really just me in my own brain, figuring out what was going on. And it was interesting, but it wasn't a book. It wasn't, it it sort of had, you know, like the, the plot structure, but not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing that, and that wasn't a waste of time. That was a really great start for me to know the backstory of everything in the background and what was going to go on. But just for me to know that it still needed a lot of work. um, It's just really important to be willing to do that, to give it time to leave it alone for a while, like you said, put it on a shelf mm-hmm. and then come back and read it. I know that I'll read my stuff and be like, Hey, I, I don't remember even writing this, you know, <laughs> yes. sometimes I have this moment. I'm like, that's good. Good job. Mm-hmm. Other times I'm like, I don't even know what I was going for here. So, and I think that a lot of authors don't realize that, you know, you write it and you think that it's good. And you don't know, it's not coming across the way that you think it is. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing that I would say is have a lot of people read it, as many people as you can. Um, figure out a way to find a critique group or a critique partner. Find beta readers, find critical readers. Mm-hmm. If your family members happen to be good critical readers who aren't afraid of giving you feedback, then that's great. But really often they read it and they're like, oh, you wrote all these words. Good job. and they either just aren't that critical and they like it you know whatever or they just maybe there were things that didn't sit right with them bug them but they can't really pinpoint it or articulate it or they don't know how to fix it and so they don't want to bring it up you know Mm -hmm. they just think maybe it's fine maybe that was just me so you just have to find people who are willing to say I don't I don't think that this quite works. You know, this character seems kind of like a jerk and I don't think that's what you meant. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So you just, and it can be really hard to find people like that. Um, but yeah, critique partners, beta readers and a good editor can make a huge difference. Other authors are often 
a lot better critique partners and beta readers than other people. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Having more eyes than your own on it definitely makes a huge difference because it gets you out of that. You're just kind of blinded to the story yeah. unless you do put it away. And even then, you still know the story enough that it's hard to be completely subjective or objective, rather, um, when looking at your writing because you're just you're biased toward it. And, right. and well, it's not bad. Right. And especially with characters, I think, yes. you know, you know, these characters and they're great. And I've had really often where I'll say this character just, you know, I'll, I'll say what I think of them and they go, oh, that's not how I see them at all. You know, yeah, like huh? I, oh, I meant I for him to be like a playful teasing kind of guy. And like, sorry, he that guy came across as just like a jerk. <laughs> well, you know, or I, I just wanted her to be more, you know, my sister had one where she just wanted you know, her character to stand up for herself, mm. but she took it too far. And my other sister who reads and who's a writer also, she was the one who pointed out she actually comes off kind of um, rude. <laughs> so it's that yeah. type of feedback that so there's two things with that. First of all, as a real time example of this in, in the very last book that you edited for me, Ascended, you indicated that like, hey, this group of people um, who, you know, constitute the good people and using quotations are kind of jerks to each other and i was like oh, I, I did not even think about that right because i have this underlying underlying understanding of the characters that's not in the words themselves of why they would behave this way but you don't right you don't right. have like the historic relationship you haven't it's not in the words i just know because i created the characters so when i see actions and comments and words it's just like oh i don't think they're rude but then when i get out of that and hear your comment and when you say that, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess they do come off kind of right. So and there can be there can be all sorts of things that are in your brain, but they don't make it to the page. Right. You know? and so in your mind, I'm imagining that, you know, this world, this group of people, they're all pretty great people. But it just happens that there was, you know, there was some tumult or whatever you would say mm -hmm. at the time. You know, there's interaction or, you know, people disagreeing. And that was all that we saw. Mm hmm. And so, you know, we, I'm like, I'm sure that the rest of them are good people, but we're only seeing, you know, some, a lot of the negative. And mm -hmm. so it was, yeah, just that kind of thing. You have no idea. Oh, I didn't say that. I've had, I've had people where they forget to actually state major plot points. Oh no. <laughs> just like, so inherent. Yeah. Like it's just, they forgot that you need to actually say it at mm -hmm. some point. And it yeah, can completely change a book. So and that's that kind of brings me to the, the next question is, how do you help authors? How do I say this? Accept and deal with the critique and feedback? Because admittedly, as a first time author, when I published Awaken, it was hard at first hearing yeah. all of these things. I was yeah. just like, oh, shoot. Like, I kind of didn't want to implement some of it because I was feeling stubborn. Now, obviously you think about it and eventually right. you, you soften up and realize, okay, I just need to like be humble and realize this isn't just about me. This is about the readers, but how do you help authors get to that point? Because I'm sure we, right. people probably hear your feedback. And are like, I disagree. Right. Well, and I had <laughs> early on in my editing, I don't know if it was, if it was me or if it was her, but I did have someone just dropped me and it wasn't until later oh. that you know she said that I was just so rude and like so I don't know if, if I didn't come off right or if it was her you know or if she was just feeling stubborn about it but um but yeah it can be 
it can be really hard to he- to hear that. And yeah, one of my big things is don't be married to your first draft. Mm. Your you know, if you just see, you have to see it as a work in progress and you have to ha- have that mindset when you give it to somebody, you have to be in your head saying, I know there are things wrong with this. Tell me what they are so I can fix it. Mm-hmm. And that can be a really hard mindset because, you know, secretly we want to get that back. And for them to be like, it was amazing. You don't need to change a thing. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. Um, but, you know, that's never going to happen. And seeking seeking critique. I mean, we all know that no book is ever perfect, even, mm-hmm. you know, even when you publish it. Plus, it's all subjective. Some people are going to hate it, even if it's yeah. a really good book. Some people are going to love it, even if it's <laughs> if I've other people not a great book. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it's a subjective thing. And um, it's good to remember as an author, you are in charge of your book. You are the ultimate authority on your book. No matter what somebody says, it, you don't have to take any feedback. Um, but being open, open to it and like thinking about it, giving it the time that it needs, you know, for you to really consider, is that maybe true, even if it's a big change? Mm-hmm. And um, I sometimes, especially with my first time authors, when I send them back critique for the first time, I say this might seem like a lot. And I need you to read through it and think about it for a few days before you send me a panicking email saying that that is overwhelming and it's too much and you don't know how to do it because I have <laughs> that happens sometimes or people just freak out. You know, sometimes it's a lot, sometimes it's not obviously, but um, I also try to be really specific in my suggestions. You know, I say, this is what I'm seeing going on. And here are a few specific ideas of what you could do about it. And a lot of times they're not actually that big. You know, sometimes you just have to say whatever it is. And sometimes it does require more going through and weaving it into the story. And sometimes it requires chopping a couple chapters and just changing the whole thing. But people are always so glad when they do it. And that's what you have to remember. Like, you're going to be so glad that you made those changes and that you accepted the critique. I, I definitely agree with that because it doesn't, doesn't, you have to find that middle ground because as you mentioned, you are the author, you are the authority or the, the final decision maker on the story. Mm-hmm. But hearing people's feedback and their perspective helps should help you make those decisions rather than make you balk at the decision and be like, no, I just want to leave it as is. It's like, okay, I mean, you can. Right. <laughs> like you right. have and, that option. Yeah, but... and I'll have people say, do I have to? And I go, no. You don't have to do anything that I suggest. And I have I have one author, I work with her a lot. And sometimes I'll do the developmental and then she'll get it back to me and she'll just put a note in here. She goes, you suggested that I do this here. How important is that to you? Because I'm having a really hard time with it. Mm. And sometimes I go, no, you've got to do it. I will help you figure it out. And other times I go, oh, no, no big deal. That was just something that was, you know, that I thought maybe you could change that. But you know, don't. So that's another thing is asking follow-up questions Mm. and, you know, getting some more brainstorming, you know, whether it's from whoever gave you the feedback or somebody else, I'll have, I'll have authors email me and say, one of my beta readers suggested this. 
So what do you think about it? You know, and I'll, you know, sometimes I go, that is really smart. And here's an idea for how you might implement it. And other times I go, no, I think you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think you're fine. So I, I really like the idea of making it a whole collaboration and, and, you know, the follow-up brainstorming and things like that. It doesn't have to just be someone gives you, you know, a list of things or feedback and then you decide what to do with it. You know, you can go back and forth or ask other people because there are a lot of different ways your book could go. Well, and the, so there's so many ways we could take this. I've got so many questions, but I just want to add that like, I know this is my, I'm like obsessed with all (laughs) the, the collaboration aspect of it is I think a really important piece to recognize as an author when working with any type of editor, whether it be developmental or editor, beta edit reader, not even an editor or um, line edit is you need to have that kind of recognition that, hey, you can be frank about what you think and I can be bold about what I think and we can work together. Because I think, you know, when I worked on my first book, I have nothing against the first editor that I worked with. She did an amazing job. Um, I just I felt like what she said was law. And, I, you know, and it kind of rubbed me right. the wrong way. But that was my own perception, not her. She was just doing her job and she was doing it well. Right. But I was like, well, I don't like that. But I was too afraid to say that. I was like, all right, let's just do it. Right. And then, you know, it was soon after, you know, that book. And I kept writing and work with her again. She's like, oh, you don't have to do anything. I'm just giving right. you my suggestions. We're supposed to work on this together. And I think I've realized that since I've worked with you on the books I have, it's just so much easier to work together. Because like, okay, like we understand each other. We understand right. opinions. And it just makes the the working relationship so much better from a critique perspective. It's like, you be honest and I'll be honest. And we'll all be happy, right? In the end. Right. And that is something that I've had to learn, you know, like I told you about this author that that dropped me and I actually went back and I tried to look at what I had told her and, you know, to see how frank was I, was I, you know, was I mean? Um, And I think that I have learned um, to soften what I say with sort of little reminders like, Mm. well, for one thing, always pointing out positive Mm -hmm. so that people don't get overwhelmed and think that they just wrote crap and I just hate it or something, yeah. you know, but, but also, you know, as an editor, you know, remembering this is not by my book, this is their book. And I might feel really strongly about it, but I still, you know, I'll give my reasons, but I still have to remember I'm giving suggestions. I'm not telling them what to do. And so, you know, I just little things, I, I'll put question marks, you know, like, how about this? Maybe you could do that. You know, I say you might consider doing this and mm-hmm. um, just really trying not to make it sound like I'm bossing them around. <laughs> Change sure. everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs> and that's the thing I'm that, yeah, doing, remember. I'm not your teacher grading your, your work. Even if the paper's bleeding. You're just trying to help. <laughs> just Yeah, no, really. And that's, I think that's really important to remember is that that is not what's going on here. You know, I might come back to you with all this stuff. That doesn't mean like that it's the end of the world. You got a bad grade. You're failing the class. It means here's an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to make some changes and to, to look at it a different way. Um, And that's one thing I... um you know, seeing things, seeing things as opportunities. I, there have been plenty of times where in my own writing and other people's writing, I find a plot hole, like, and sometimes mm. it can be a big plot hole, like this really doesn't make sense, or this is too convenient. And then working on it and figuring out a different way often 
it turns out that that was a huge opportunity to maybe up the stakes a little bit, add some tension, let your characters go through something harder than you expected them to, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just make the whole thing make a little bit more sense, go a different direction. They're just, it's just really, it's kind of exciting, you know, <laughs> when there's a big yeah. thing, it's like, okay, this is an opportunity. What are, what are we going to do with it? I think that's a, that's the perspective that we need to have because that's not the perspective I started with as an author. And I know a lot of authors feel the same ways when an right. editor or beta reader comes in and says like, this doesn't work or I, this plot is, it just doesn't make sense. There's a whole just right. feeling that overwhelmed, like, I don't want to fix it. Right? Cause if you change yeah. one thing, you have to change other things that just kind of like the domino effect stresses out authors, but right. an opportunity. Right. Yeah. And that's where that, you know, the idea of expecting it to take a while, Mm -hmm. expecting it to take some work and remembering that you're not going to end up with what you started with. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Hopefully (laughs) Hopefully (laughs) you don't end up with the same thing you started with. Right. Uh, Well, because hopefully, yeah, you're just making it better and you, you know, you started out, maybe your view was a little bit more limited. And as you go along, you know, and sometimes I think being a panster can be so huge because then you're you're letting your characters lead you mm-hmm. instead of your plot plan lead you and that sometimes you get stuck in your plot and you know you're writing a scene and you're like well i don't know this needs to happen so you make it happen and it doesn't really work mm-hmm. i think about a interview i heard once with jk rowling where she said that looking back she really shouldn't have had ron and hermione end up together but it was just in her mind that was how it was going to end up, mm-hmm. you know. And as a reader, for me anyway, I'm like, "That's right. What did you do? <laughs> that did not make sense." But she, you know, when we stubbornly hold on to what we planned in the beginning, then it's not going to work, and readers are going to notice that. And so you've got to listen to your author instincts sometimes. And I can't tell you how many times I'll point something out, and and the author will go. I was hoping nobody would notice that. <laughs> we're like, we're like, yeah, I know. I just, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with it. You know? And I go, okay, great. I'm glad that you knew because we can do something about it. Yep. Uh, so this the two points out of that is with the example of Harry Potter and JK Rowling um, and that relationship, um, it wasn't perfect. And yet her books are still exploding right so right. like perfection is what we're going for but not being terrified that some things that might go wrong are going to completely destroy your reputation or your right. the book itself it's not necessarily true and then that brings me to the next question how do you help an author and how do you feel confident that it's enough right because you can probably edit a book for eternity right right probably you could never stop and keep finding little things and keep changing things but that doesn't mean that it's necessary. So how do you know you've reached a point where it's okay, where it's it's the best that it can be for now to publish? That's right. a really tricky thing. It is. It's really tricky. And it depends on the situation because there are some authors who have set deadlines for themselves. And so we have two or three rounds of edits. And at that point, it has to be enough True. <laughs> because yeah. they don't have time to do anymore. And so we do what we can with it. And Sometimes in my mind, I'm going, we could still do a little bit more, but that's all the time Deadline. we have, folks. Yep. And <laughs> it's time to be done. And, you know, we fixed the big things. Um, so, I mean, that can be a factor a lot of times. And other times, um, 
for me, it, it's a, a little bit of a matter of potential where I'm going. Sometimes if you're a first time author, you, there's a, there's a certain amount of growth that you can do within one book. True. Yeah. And so I try to gauge, you know, have you, have you gotten where you can at this point with the skill set that you have, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, and the, and the other factor is whether or not I love a book personally is not um, the gauge so much as if the author has achieved their goals with the book, you know, they have their vision of how it wants to be. I might have my own ideas. I might not like the way that they go with it. You know, it might not be my style, but if that's what they like and, you know, and usually I can tell, you know, I can see this is, this is their personal preference. It's not mine, but we'll go with it because that's how they write. And so if I feel like they have reached their vision, you know, they've gotten what they've done, what they meant to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, You know, then then that's a good gauge, but that's a really important uh, thing to think about because uh, I just, I have so many thoughts on this cause I'm a pantser for one. And mm. I just, I'm constantly on fearful or nervous that my book hasn't reached a, a perfect point. And so I want to keep analyzing it. I want to keep editing right. it. But at the same time, I want to be done editing because I just don't like editing. <laughs> it's just not my favorite yeah. part of the process. Right. It's just some this people... weird yeah, weird dynamic. Just, yeah, some people want to just get the words on the page and they love that part. And other people really like when the words are already on the page and they go, okay, I have something to work with now and let's, you know, fix it and tweak it. And I sort of fall somewhere in the middle. It depends. <laughs> yeah, it probably depends on the day too. Yeah. But and publishing with confidence probably can just make a huge difference. You, you recognize, your editor recognizes, yes, we've done what we can like i like that you said you've accomplished the purpose that you are going for because that is important to focus on and then not dwelling on whatever typos or issues might come out of it because there probably are some like no book's perfect i'm still laughing about the one error i found in your book that made you <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even that big of a deal it's just like Stopped a little tiny thing. <laughs> unacceptable it's like unacceptable i don't care in my world typos they don't bother me that type of stuff doesn't bother me and so as an author just recognize hey if you find something later or or if someone is graceful enough to reach out to you or kind enough to reach out and say hey i found x problem just fix it like oh yeah thank you for letting me know i'll fix it and re-upload it's not a huge deal for the most part so that kind of reduces the fear of of not having enough editing done on a book prior to publish you can have confidence in that publishing right well, and maybe another, if you have some good beta readers, that's another way yeah. you know, to to decide, okay, I think that I'm done. You know, if you've gotten some good feedback and mm-hmm. and people aren't telling you a whole lot. Um, it's funny that my sister that I mentioned before, her name's Annette. Um, she, I love her, her approach to all this, you know, she'll write it and she'll, you know, she'll do what she can on it. She thinks about it. She gives it to people. And she'll be so disappointed sometimes she gets back a beta read and they just loved everything about it. And she Mm. goes, come on, come on. I know that it's not perfect. Tell me, 
<laughs> That's funny. Find something to help me fix. <laughs> I don't, and I love that, you know, that she's going, I know that it can't be good already. You know, I mean, good. Yes. But, you know, I know that it's not perfect. I know that it could be better. So, yeah, I love that. She's, you know, who else can help <laughs> me? Who can tell me? I'm the same way. Yeah. Sometimes my my beta, like there are certain beta readers that I know won't give me feedback and that's totally fine because there are certain people in my family relationship that I'm not expecting feedback. That's okay. But then there's people that I don't know, people that I've, you know, not even really close friends, just beta readers that have signed up to work with me. And if they get back, they're like, oh yeah, I loved it. Like, but I want more. Like, what did you not like? Were you frustrated? Were you bored? Was it slow in places? Like, I want to, I want the nitty gritty. And so they're like, oh yeah, like I can get some of that feedback. So you may have to ask for it. You may have to ask specifically, like, I'm glad you liked it. That's great. Here are some specific questions that you can answer that kind of draw out their thoughts. And it's not because they don't want to help. Sometimes they're just like, if they're like me, I just read a book to enjoy it. I'm not looking for those things. I'm just reading it right. to have fun. But then if someone asks me a question, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can answer that. Yes, I was bored right. from this part. Or no, I didn't <laughs> like that character. This is my impression of them. And they're like, oh, shoot, that's not what I was going for. So just right. make sure to ask for those things. Maybe not so much from an editor, but from people who aren't editors, even authors. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm looking for, either prior to or after them reading it so that they can get that feedback for you. Well, and even from editors, if someone sends me a manuscript and they say, I know that I have problems with X, Y, Z, I can, that, that saves me some time because I don't have to sit there and go, this is why this is a problem. I go, okay, good. You know what it is. Let's, let's work on it. Let's get down to business. Um, so yeah, it's so good when you know that there are problems, um, and when you can ask some specific questions, that's really helpful. Although some people still, they can't do, you know, some people just don't have that, the, a critical brain, you know, they they don't, they don't look at things that way. That's not, I have a very critical brain. I, everything I, in my life, I'm like, how can that be fixed? How can that be better? Mm -hmm. It's really annoying sometimes actually. (laughs) It's in the way. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it makes me feel like I'm cynical or something, you know, I'm like that, that could have been better. (laughs) So the (laughs) life of an editor. Out of reading from me. (laughs) What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, you can, but that's a, it's a whole new issue. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, this is an excellent conversation. I, I hope that people drew some really important things for themselves from edit, whether you're an editor or beta reader or just an author. But mm-hmm. I always love to ask the person that I'm talking to, where can people find more information about you and your services and or books if they if they want to learn more about you? Um, my my website is thewritersassistant.com with hyphens the dash hyphen dash I just said hyphen dash (laughs) (laughs) what are the words the dash writers dash assistant.com Okay, I was looking it up right now to make sure I got it right, but yes, I found it. So <laughs> did I say it right? <laughs> you did. I'll put it in the show notes. That's perfect. Yeah, um, so and then my editing website, and then my book is called Springback. It's one word, and it's on Amazon. Jana Miller. You should put it on your website too. Um, oh, I could do that. I actually have an author website, but it's I um the whole author thing, the um, publishing and marketing thing, is not my jam. So it's. <laughs> There it is. I I tried to advertise it for a while. It didn't work very well. It doesn't have a really great niche market. Um, it's it. I can't really even think of good comparable books. So 
anyway, yeah, it was hard for me to market. So it's just sort of sitting there with not very many reviews. I'm going to publish the second one, hopefully this year. Um, but. That'll spring it back into action, right? Oh, but um, Ching. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. It's a good book, though. You should definitely read it. Oh, but thank you. thank you so much for your time. I appreciate that. And um, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Sure. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you found that helpful and interesting. Uh, the critique process is an important process for authors, but if we're not open to the feedback, then it's definitely not going to be in our favor. So keep that in mind as you're writing and developing your story. As usual, I look forward to seeing you next week.